Hey guys, and welcome back to the Outer Rim. My name is Gabe, and today, with the help of one of my uh, fellow Outer Rim admins, we'll be talking about the latest episode of the... Oh, sorry, I'm getting an echo. Here we go. <laughs> today, we're going to be talking about the latest episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and with me today is our fearless founder, Josh. Welcome. It's good to be here. Uh, I don't get to too terribly often, and so... Uh... It's nice to join in on the on the discussion, and hopefully, I won't have any technology issues. And the, the people listening don't aren't clued in to those things, but it's kind of a running joke. Oh, well, well, they they saw. It, I think it was our first episode where you popped in a couple times trying to get those tech issues worked out. Oh, that's right. That's right. But, um, Good point. Yeah, so today uh, we're talking about episode five, and we'll just dive into that. So this one was directed by uh, Deborah Chow and written by Joby Harold and Andrew Stanton of Pixar fame. Um, so the rescue party returns to the Paths headquarters on Jabim, but they are followed and attacked by Reva Invader. We learn of Reva's, of Reva's past as a Jedi youngling and her plans of revenge against, against Vader. Her and Obi-Wan then work together to lure Vader into a trap, Obi-Wan and Leia escape, uh, and Reva fails rather miserably and is wounded and left to die by Vader and the not-dead Grand Inquisitor. We end with her learning of Luke's location on Tatooine. Um, so, Josh, what did you think of this episode? Um, I thought it was really great. I mean, first of all. Um, and, you know, we've had our disagreements and debates and they've been fun and passionate and all those kinds of things. Um, but I will say that for this one, even though I've enjoyed the others and gotten, I feel like at least for me, plenty out of the previous episodes, this episode really brought it up, brought it up a notch. Um, the editing was tighter. The framing was uh, more interesting and fluid. There was just a nice flow to all the scenes and how they connected. Um, the action was uh, kinetic and the emotions were very real. Um, I, honestly, as far as performances are concerned, this episode may have, uh, and probably just because of the writing, may have probably brought the best performances out of the cast, you know, from this particular episode, I would, I would say. Um, and so, and we got, and we're starting to get some payoff now too from setup. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's always kind of a fun time to, uh, to, to come in, uh, you know, when, when stuff starts starts paying off and you start to get start to get answers um, to questions that you may have had uh, previously that weren't answered. So all in all, um, I thought it was a really good episode and definitely kept me on the on the edge of my seat. And um, I remember you made a comment uh, in our ongoing chat on the show that we have about oh. how they um, how they framed Vader right. They got mm -hmm. the lighting right. They got the framing right on him. I remember seeing that and just kind of thinking in my head, yeah, I think that that's, there's, that's a really good point there. I mean, uh, um, Vader looked ominous and scary and, uh, and all, and all those things, how, you know, how Vader should look. And so, um, like I said, all in all, I thought it was a really good episode and I kind of, and I, and I want to give a shout out to, um, um, you know, the actress who, who plays uh, Leia, Vivian Lyra Bla Blair. Blair. Um, I've seen a lot, of, just over the course of the show, I've actually seen a lot of growth 
in her too, just as a child actor, you know, kind of when it first started, I mean, not that she was cute and adorable and had a good like layout attitude, like she's had the attitude down, I think from, from the start, but I've even seen, you know, in this last, this last episode, just how she's, she's starting to grow and feel more comfortable in the role and kind of what she's doing too. And um, so I thought that there was a lot of uh, positive, you know, on that front as well. Um, So that's, that's kind of my, those are just kind of my popcorn thoughts at this point. Um, Yeah. Well, this might surprise people who have been watching these reviews, but I actually like this episode. Um, That's a good one for me to come in on. (laughs) Oh, we'll probably still have stuff to fight about, but like just going from, I I feel nothing to somewhere in the, I like it range is that, yeah, that makes me happy. Um, and the biggest reason is, and I, I have a theory for why this is, but the biggest reason for mm-hmm. that is, and I'm basically, I think we're about, I was about one minute into this episode and I texted our group chat and I said, this is the first episode that actually feels directed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I know a, a lot of people, they just watch stuff and they don't notice it. And sure. I, almost, I almost envy them just cause like, because like, you know, once you start, and I, I work in video production and, mm-hmm. but more than that, I just, I just really study the, the, the filmmaking aspect of watching stuff. So yeah, you, we, we, once you know about, you know, the pacing and editing and, and direction, you just you notice it everywhere and for me the biggest problem with the show and it was it was a problem with like half of book of boba fett was just it felt um lifeless like just like the editing didn't feel purposeful the cinematography didn't feel purposeful it just felt like they were just kind of setting up the camera letting scenes play out and then just sort of cobbling the other and editing this episode i won't say it's i don't want to overhype it too much because i i do think it's still pretty basic direction but it was basic competent direction where oh these angles are telling me something like th- this this felt like one of the first episode with like meaningful uses of pans and rack focuses and just like the camera is telling a story the way mm-hmm. the characters are positioned the way it's moving in action also like it, the action was a big thing um previously most of the action was either like this really close-up shaky cam or just kind of a wide that was like 30 feet away mm-hmm. that had no personality to it this one actually, like, there'll be a character moving through a scene, and then the camera is like passing by them to make that m- movement seem faster, or just sure. or things like that. Like, it just it just felt directed. So like that's and for some people, like just seeing a thing occur in a story allows them to feel and feel what happens. Sure. For me, it's like showing the thing is only half of it. And and what happens is only half of it. What what makes it land is how it's shown. The, um, right. the execution so, of it. Yeah. And so while I still think this is a pretty basic episode on that front, I was at least able to come along with it because it felt well made. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and I and you know, you know, I've said, like I said before, I've enjoyed all the episodes, but even even as somebody who has been more forgiving, I would say, uh, you know, you know that I've just been a bit more forgiving on it all. And we all kind of have our own tastes and kind of philosophies and interpretations about how we're taking all this in, um, which I respect. Um, I, 
like I said, I noticed a step up in this episode, right? I mean, you can't, regardless of any of the debates that have gone on about the previous episodes, I don't see how you can watch this episode and not compare it to the previous ones and go, uh, yeah, this is, this is a, you know, this is a step up, right? And, and not just direction, all be able the to writing as well. Yeah, I, without a doubt. I mean, this this one had really strong, emotive uh, scenes and um, character moments and um, acting. You know, it just all it all kind of came together how it, you know, how it really should. Um, and and on top of that, I just want to give a com- uh, a compliment. And I well, I mentioned it a little bit in my intro, but want to just mention. The editing of this, um, as we go through the story and you're having these these cuts between Obi-Wan and Vader, Obi-Wan and Vader in present, and then Obi-Wan and Anakin in the past, you know, training together and dueling, um, I actually thought it was a really compelling uh, way to tell their story and discuss their relationship and... Um, and the way that that was all edited together and was kind of carried through as a theme, right? <laughs> a, a, a through line. The, the episode had a through line, had a thematic through line. And that was, you know, mm-hmm. represented in the editing um, uh, and, 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 and elsewhere. And, um, and I really appreciated that. And I thought that that brought some some um emotive buoyancy to to, you know to the episode not that i haven't been touched in things that have occurred previously but this one really um uh because of all all the elements coming together so strongly um you know made me feel a bit more you know Mm -hmm. i I can't just i can't disagree with that i'm not going to sit here and disagree with that i will defend what i feel like i can defend um and uh but uh but i i have to think that andrew stanton stanton coming on board as a co-writer made a huge difference to yeah i i I want to talk a bit about just the what I think is some really excellent structuring to the screenplay um, and just what that does to sell the drama. Because I feel like previous episodes, they would kind of set something up like, oh, you are wounded, Obi-Wan. You need to heal. And then never mention that for the rest of the episode. This episode had like consistent, had that, be- I think, a truly beautiful through line cutting back and forth between the sparring session and now Anakin Obi-Wan you know, could in a, in a, in a, in a now Vader and Obi-Wan in a current conflict and uh, just the through line of Reva's story mm-hmm. um, through this episode, like it had its own really well done structure. And that's got to be Andrew Stanton just be, for one, because it hasn't been present before. And two, because like that is, that is what Pixar is. Like Pixar yep. has always been about these perfectly structured stories where just the setups and payoffs are the, the kind of thing you teach in film school, like Toy Story. The absolute perfect film where everything's everything is paid off. Everything's intentional. Yeah. Everything yeah. is set up and paid off, but also every scene is doing like three different things. Um, so that the, and, and just, um, I, I have a, I have a theory. This could be entirely bogus, but I have a theory about the, this episode and probably the last two episodes 
episodes. I don't know that this was the original plan. I, I'm thinking that they got to episode four, maybe even shot some of episode five, and they realized that we have some issues, and then they brought in Andrew Stanton, to, like like, you know, like a Tony Gilroy or something, yeah, as a script doctor, essentially, right? Yeah, yeah, because like, just just the the language of this episode feels so different, but also the filmmaking being different. Like my theory has been up till now, like uh, Deborah Chow had a really rushed production. And so she wasn't able to really put the work, put the the, fo- the time and attention into making the direction really good. And then all of a sudden you get to an episode that has better writing, better direction, like something strange here. So my, my, my <laughs> theory is that they, they, they took a break. He came in, rewrote it, you know, gave Deborah Chow some more time to you know work on the direction, you know, plan some of the action. Um, and so that all around just ended. There are, and there are some, I think some uh, evidences of kind of rewrite, um, of rewrite logic happening. Like one, just Andrew Stanton only coming in to co-write the last two episodes feels a little odd. Like you feel like if you had access to him, you, you'd want him, him all throughout the show. Um, I would, I would have, I mean, even as a fan of the show, I, it would have been great to have him the whole, it would have been great to have him the whole show. So yeah. Things like the, the framing device, it feels like, like the framing device of, um, Anakin and Obi-Wan sparring feels like something that could have been like reshot later and kind of worked in with, with you know, to the episode. Um, Leia spending the entire episode, almost the entire episode alone, separate from the action. That feels a little odd just from a, like, I think maybe that she wasn't available for the official reshoots. So they had to bring her in and stick her in that, her little wire, her little, uh, you know, closet to work on the wires, like so that she would have something to do. Um, half of O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s lines feel like they are ADR'd. Uh, the plot device of Bail Organa calling in and telling the bad guys the information they need to know feels very much like a reshoot kind of thing. Like, oh, we got to get people from A to B. Oh, let's shoot quick, quick, right, and shoot this little scene so now we can justify her following them to Tatooine. Um, and even things like Obi-Wan taking out the guards that had arrested him, like, like again, sh- as shadows against the wall and not showing it also kind of feels like a thing a reshoot would do. I don't know. I could be entirely Who off, knows? but it, that, that's the way it felt to me. Um, I, I do think, you know, I think what is pretty, was probably pretty obvious. And one thing that we can at least conclude is, is for the last two episodes, essentially the climax of, this limited series, if in fact it remains a single season, they wanted to bring in a a um, a veteran storyteller mm-hmm. to help wrap it up. I mean, I think that we we can probably conclude that <laughs> uh, pretty pretty easily, regardless of whether there were there was rewriting or script doctoring, and there I'm sure there probably probably was, but. Um, but um, I think they needed somebody like Stanton to come in, uh, especially for the last couple episodes, um, who could really bring 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 the pieces together. And uh, you know, simplest answer is usually the right one. So that's probably that's probably the decision that they made. You know. Yeah, and so let's just kind of move into talking about that story, like. What, what do you think about the the structure that was brought to this of cut, constantly cutting back and forth between the sparring session and the present? And how do you think that the, what, what do you what do you think the themes and ideas that were what do you think uh, what do you think they were getting at with that? 
Um, well, I mean, first of all, before I even jump to the themes, just on a technical level and a storytelling level, on the surface, I found it really interesting and compelling, you know, so it kept my attention, mm. right? I liked it. It kept my attention. It kept me interested in what was going on um, as that as that cutting back and forth between past and present um, was carried out throughout the um, throughout the the episode. Um, but but ultimately, um, uh, I think that uh, <laughs> a lot of it thematically can be summed up in some of Obi-Wan's last lines to Anakin um, when they're sparring in the past about how how Anakin's um, drive and desire and really need to constantly prove himself mm -hmm. is essentially his his biggest weakness and um and uh and we kind of go from there and then we think about the character of Vader and what Anakin has you know, has, has become, and, um, uh, just this, you know, angry, overbearing, uh, bitter, uh, you know, warlord, um, uh, who rules, uh, with, with, with no mercy. It's, it's like he, he, uh, He's 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 proving himself in probably the most extreme way possible, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? And so uh, that that was, and there are other other elements of kind of the dialogue and the interplay there that we could get into, but but that's my that's kind of like my main 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 takeaway um, uh, thematically from from those those interactions. Yeah, and I want to highlight what I think is excellence. This is this this goes back to the screenwriting, but also I think just to when you're planning your film, one of the best ways to keep up energy is to make your transitions meaningful. Mm -hmm. um, because like you can, if you have an energy in one scene and then the scene ends, butts up against the wall, the next scene starts. You have to you have to work to build up that energy again. But if you have a good transition, that energy just flows right through. And, and now the, the the second scene is borrowing the energy of the previous scene to get started. It's just it makes it makes following it so much more you know pleasant and enjoyable. Um, and I really want to highlight how good these transitions are. Yeah. Like, and I'm just gonna go through each one of them. Like the first clash of the lightsabers, we cut to Vader. Yep. Um, Obi Wan saying he hasn't the patience for a siege. How do you know that? Cut to them sparring. Uh it reminded me a lot of you know the the cut in the last Jedi where Luke goes where's Han and mm -hmm. cuts to Kylo, right? Um, then you know uh, mercy. Uh, Obi Wan says mercy doesn't defeat an enemy master, and then we cut to launch the attack. Yep. Um, you know, Kenobi is already ours. Cut to Anakin gaining the upper hand in the sparring duel. Um, admit you are beaten. Cut to Obi Wan deciding to surrender. Um, yeah. Your, your need for victory, Anakin, it blinds you. Cut to Vader walking faster than we've ever seen him move in the entire saga yeah. <laughs> to go and get uh, Obi-Wan. Um, then, you know, the ship escapes. Cut to Obi-Wan disarming Anakin. Um, yep. 
And then, you know, you, and then the final line, kind of the, the thematic statement for Vader is, you know, you're a great warrior, Anakin, but you need to prove yourself and what you're undoing. Until mm-hmm. you learn to overcome it, a Padawan you, you will still be. And then cut to Vader looking after the escaped ship defeated again. Like yeah. there, I counted, there was only one cut in the whole back and forth, in the, the, which I just went through like eight or nine of them. That isn't like directly thematic. Like that, that's incredible. It like, is. I, I, I would expect like two or three of them to be purposeful like this, but the fact that every single one of them, except that one exception, is so purposeful and just carrying that energy, in, but not not just carrying energy, but carrying drama through. Sure. It's just really good stuff. It shows how a strong, I mean, this isn't anything profound, but it shows how a well-structured screenplay drives all of this, mm-hmm. frankly. Um, when you know structure and you understand structure uh, and how to get from, from A to Z and, and tell a complete, complete story, <clears throat> um, this is what you get. And... Um, and, and they did it. And you're right. I mean, the editing was so smooth and so intentional and thematically relevant. Um, you've said it before, and I agree with you. You know, another example of just absolutely God tier editing that everybody should should watch. Um, and for its editing alone is The Force Awakens. Um, because it's it's all there are hundreds upon hundreds of cuts in that movie but you barely notice any of them mm-hmm. because of the, just the, um, uh, the cadence that, that, that the editing has in the, in the, in, in that film and last Jedi's edited very well as well. I won't share my thoughts on how <laughs> the third one in the trilogy is edited, but that's yeah. That's the, the force awakens is my go-to example of just, the absolute height of just technical craftsmanship in a blockbuster. Yep. Um, like I think, you know, uh, and, and not just in a blockbuster, but being a blockbuster and doing blockbuster things like the last Jedi is a much more patient, you know, sedative film and then the editing reflects that. But as That's far as like, I want the audience to have a ride. There aren't film. There aren't many films that do it better than the force awakens in that front. Uh, let's 100%. just talk about the force awakens yeah uh, no no i mean you i mean that's totally <laughs> that's totally right i mean that's that's where, what that's one of the reasons why the force awakens is so high on my on my list mm-hmm. um uh, one of the many reasons um uh, so, so yeah yeah well one one thing funny thing is we, we've been we've been fighting back and forth for almost a month now about whether or not the existence of further Anakin, uh, Obi Wan, and Kenobi, uh, Obi Wan and Vader, uh, whether very, very uh, I've forgotten how to speak English, <laughs> whether Obi Wan and Vader meeting post Revenge of the Sith, pre A New Hope, kind of ruins the line. Um, you know, when I left you, I was with the learner. Now I'm the master. Um, me saying very much so. You saying no, but there's sure. a part, that that line here where he says. You know, until you learn to overcome this, a paddle, a padawan, you will still be. I am almost entirely convinced that Andrew Stanton wrote that line because he he saw like, oh, we kind of got an issue, so we have to figure out some way that by the end of this episode, uh, Vader is can somehow be called a padawan or the learner or something. Um, which I, I I don't 
I don't think it actually fixes it, but <laughs> I do find it kind of but, funny that but, just but that they, might, they saw that like problem to too. You'd like to think that he saw that and was like, yeah, I want to put this line in there. That'll be fun. You know, it, it, it feels so, doesn't it feel so deliberate though? It kind of does. It kind of does. I mean, we'll never know. We'll yeah. never know. Um, uh, but, um, but yeah. And so um, out of all their interactions, I mean, obviously this one was the strongest. It was meaningful. You know, um, you know, I've already said, and we've gone back and forth on this too. I, you know, I'm not looking for anything to like match or top what happened in Revenge of the Sith, right? I'm not looking for anything to match that or top that or, or, or whatever. But do I think that additional meaningful content and context to their relationship can be explored? Yes. And if we were, and I think this episode at least showed that with a, really strong writer um it can be uh for sure yeah um, it, the, the way i would frame it is i don't i don't i still wish they hadn't done it but i think the the framing device of the duel kind of showing where both of the characters are were then versus where they are now is good drama i think like i don't know if it's worth the price you have to pay for it but it's, it is sure. good in the, like in, in the context of this out. episode within these 35 minutes or 40 minutes, I was connected. I was enjoying it. I was, you know, th thought, thinking about it. Yeah. 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 And so that's, that's a win. <laughs> but speaking of that, we got to see, a, you know, pre, I guess pre attack of the clones Anakin and Obi-Wan again. Um, it was a little funny that Hayden Christensen, it's very obviously a 40-year-old here. I know. I mean, they I mean, didn't they even put, try at all. I mean, they put some stage, they put some stage makeup on. But but you're you're right. I mean, they didn't they didn't even uh I, I guess they just figured that hey, they're gonna <laughs> no one's really gonna care that much when they see them. So And people really haven't, so yeah. I like I think do I wish they put some makeup on or try to de-age him? Probably, Slightly. Like, like there yeah. have there has been good de-aging. I think um Samuel Jackson in Captain Marvel or Kurt Russell in uh Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Like there has been good, pretty near flawless de-aging before, but usually like thinking Robert Downey Jr. in uh Civil War, like you could tell. Um I, I still think, you know, if they had they done it, maybe they just didn't want to spend the money on it or put in the put in the effort, which I can I can understand. But the uh you know. Christensen's still young enough that they wouldn't have had to, I mean, the de-aging that they would have to do on him would not be like the, the de-aging that they've done that Disney has done, you know, he's not Mark Hamill some, no, with some other characters. I mean, it's not the, it, it would not be nearly, it would not be nearly as intensive, you know, take away some wrinkles, slim the face a bit, you know, like mm. it's not, it's not too bad. You know, you can you can still do it, uh, um, and and probably probably really well. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was interesting that they that they didn't. But I will say that for 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 Hayden's part, I mean, he stepped back into that role and channeled, you know, channeled uh, how he played Anakin in the prequels pretty darn well, pretty <laughs> darn well, I would say. Even so. so far as being a little stiff, it was it was just like Anakin. Hey, you know what? 
it's it he he did it man he landed it so uh, he was faithful to that uh for yeah, sure and the sparring session was another uh aspect that felt like touched by the better direction you know it's not on the level of any of the prequels duels or even most of the sequels duels but it's still it had its own energy and cadence and some okay um uh choreography which i was thankful for how do we, how do we oh go ahead oh yeah i was i was gonna say on on the lines of choreography even though it was short i actually i really liked the short uh tussle between vader and uh reva actually mm -hmm. i actually thought it was that was pretty sweet honestly um it was you know vader was just knocking you know knocking her around toying with her and um and she was angry and he was not phased one bit by you know by any of it and uh and that that interplay was was pretty cool and i thought just the way it was you know the way it was done was was uh was neat i enjoyed that you know 60 seconds of time there, there were quite a, there were there was a section of like you know five or six movements together where it was really obvious she was swinging wide she was swinging to miss him and he barely he would like barely move or like he would like he, they would like have a blow happen but nothing actually connected and like you, you could tell there was a that this choreography hadn't been entirely worked out however props to the direction i think the cinematography is so dynamic and the cut, the editing so good that it moves at such a clip and there's an energy going through it mm -hmm. that it doesn't kill the sequence in the way I feel like if it had been shot just a little slower, those really obvious misses would have stood out so much more. Right, because the, the way you watch that scene is, oh my gosh, Vader is just like, he's just, he's anticipating her every move, every mm. single move, and he's reacting to it. Uh, before she even does it almost. I mean, he's, uh, and he's, and he's easily dodging, you know, everything that she's, that, that she's doing. Uh, and it's all too easy, uh, you know? <laughs> and uh, so I thought that that was, um, that was pretty cool. And the, the, the scorn that's built into the Sajian choreography where he doesn't even draw his weapon. And then when right. he finds, when he feels it's time to kill her, he takes her weapon. Like he's not, he has no respect for her. Um, yeah, and, breaks hers in half, you know. <laughs> and, I, think, yeah, I think it's detachable, but yeah. Yeah, oh, so, yeah, yeah. And, and throwing right. it back to her, like, let's go to, uh, I'll give you one more chance. Right. Um, it's so demeaning and just, like, very much in line with how he treats his underlings. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was, it was, man, it was, it was, it was brutal. It was brutal, man. But, but, but let's, let's talk about Reva, um, because yeah. I, if you've been watching these reviews, I don't, I have not liked her at all. Yeah. I thought the the writing was okay, but just the the performance never worked for me. And that continued for like the first third of this episode. Then she had a conversation with everyone through a door. And I was like, oh my gosh, wait, she, she's, this is good acting. And then the mm -hmm. conversation ended and she started yelling again. I'm like, okay. <laughs> We're back to we're back to square one, but there was that, that that section of when she was, and I feel like Moses Ingram has been relying on yelling so much. Like whenever she has to portray an emotion, she yells, and that's just I. I don't. I think that always, almost always, makes a villain seem weaker, and I just don't think her performance has been great. But I feel like have, the the staging of the scene forcing her to whisper actually meant that she had to emote in other ways 
And like, I think she is excellent at, you know, in that conversation, the back and forth with Obi-Wan. Um, but on the larger point, this is a, this is a pretty major twist. Like they're, they're, they're not only revealing who she was, which we all suspected she was one of the younglings, but but yeah. also they're, they're changing her motivation. Where up till now she's she's been um, a just a over ambitious uh, dark side user who just wants to get power and prestige, and everything she's doing is just to to, to curry some favor from her uh, superior and to right. you know, increase her position and prestige within the empire. But now they've kind of twist the the, the, the twist is. No, she's actually here for revenge against Vader. Um, yeah, you know she's me, which so I think know. works. I think it works really well, actually. Uh, you know, I think about the previous episodes, and I've already started rewatching some of them. You know, there are little, not not hints, but you know, you always now watching previous episodes in in and thinking about them because they're fresher on my mind, like watching them in hindsight and things that she's done in previous episodes are now informing the twist. Right. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and so uh, I certainly didn't see it coming and I like that about it. And, um, and there'll be a debate I'm sure about whether it, the, the twist worked based upon buildup that came, that came before at the, at the very least. Um, it it added another dimension to 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 her to her motivations and and why she was doing what you know what she was doing and and you know why in an earlier episode the grand inquisitor called her uh you know basically gutter trash and and talked but about the grand inquisitor she, was also a jedi <laughs> but, but talked about where she came from and and everything like that and they yeah, came from the same store. I mean, I don't... yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if she knows that. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> think we have any evidence that she knows his, uh, you know, his backstory. Uh, you know, it seems like all dark side users are like compensating for something that's happened in their <laughs> that's happened in their past that they're trying to, uh, uh, you know, cover up. Uh, it would seem, but uh, but at any rate. Uh, all, all things said, I, I I thought I mean I I agree that the um, that that scene between her and Obi Wan whispering through the door and them having a an actual psychological exchange uh, um, and conveying their experiences to one another hat tip to Martin Scorsese on that one your favorite guy <laughs> uh, uh, was just great writing and. The, the writing brought out the great acting. Um, they both, you know, that scene, both actors brought their A game because, uh, and, the, and the material was so strong and that helped. Um, and I, I really, um, really loved it and was also just terrified that, you know, it never got super graphic, but some of those cuts, man, uh, showing Anakin going back through the Jedi temple, you mm -hmm. know, uh, and, and seeing the look on her face as a kid, how horrified she was and telling, you know, her story to Obi-Wan and like cutting back to the massacre and, and everything like they, they probably went about as far as they could, 
you know, as, as, as they could go without kind of probably crossing, you know, uh, crossing the line. Did you notice that the uh, at the beginning of the episode, there was actually a disclaimer? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I'm guessing so, that was, that's probably something was that was added after a Uvalde, probably just for so a massacre. Pro- in this probably, probably, yeah. man. Um, um, I, I almost wonder if they cut that, like they cut that sequence down from what it originally well, was. And 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 frankly, if it was if it was more than that, I mean, sometimes less is more, right? You don't have to. You don't have to show everything. You can keep. You know, sometimes the fear of the unknown or not seeing exactly what's going on, but knowing what's happening can be can be a stronger way to to uh, to convey what's going on. So mm-hmm. um, I. So whether it was or not, I think that it was handled. Um, handled well, you know, and brought me into the, the scene and made me feel for her. A character and kind of that burden that she's um, carrying, um, and um, you know, and that that desire for, you know, that desire for revenge. You know, the irony of it is she she started out a out a Jedi and she, and uh, she rose rose in the ranks of um, you know the the Inquisitors and had her own agenda mm-hmm. the whole time. But what I what I find so interesting, especially in light of this episode about her, though, is she's kind of, I'm not going to say it because it's almost on the nose to say it, but I'm, okay, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say, it. you know what I'm about to say? Maybe. I'm not sure. She's kind of gray. I, <laughs> uh, uh, I think she's pretty dark side. Like, it's I revenge. Mean, that's it, all she's about. No, she doesn't care who gets hurt. I mean, she's definitely motivated by that. I mean, that's her that's her motivation, but she's not, she's not totally like you could see, you could see Obi-Wan getting to her. It's not like mm. she was completely closed off like Vader is right now, completely sure. and totally closed off. And so I agree. She's like, she's motivated by revenge. It's all she cares about. She doesn't care that she had to kidnap a kid, you know, to get to uh and you she know, and she opens the door to storm the base to kill a couple hundred civilians. Right, right, yeah, all of that. But but Obi Wan, even gosh, I love it so. Ewan just, I I appreciate when he gets the opportunity to to, to act like this. But just uh, sp- speaking of that, I wanna, it, he, imagine if we about, ha- you don't want this oh. to happen again. Like, do you want to have this to happen again? There are children in there, and he's like pleading with her. Is like, do you want to? Do you want I have the line it? written down here. Yeah. Yes, there, there are families in there, children. Are you going to let him do it again, what he did to you? Right. Um, but, yeah, that – and there's another great little exchange um, where, you know, uh, do we want the same thing? Do you really want Anakin dead? Where were you when he was killing my friends? Like, And mm. part of me was like, this is amazing. But I was like, what if every episode had had one or two conversations like this? Um, like – it's it's like it's it's wonderful we're finally getting it, but I feel like what if this if this was like a culmination of like a dozen incredible pieces of character building till now. I agree with you. Um, seeing it, and I hadn't thought about it before, but that would have really that would have would have centered you know 
the you know the 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 episodes and as we've talked about before there would have been a this kind of thematic through line mm-hmm. there using using that kind of device uh, for sure um, uh, Michael in the comments said, um, such a peaceful discussion today. Well, I'm going to ruin that because I'm going to rain on your parade. I don't think this twist works in the context of the previous four episodes. I think if I, if I came in and watched this episode within its structure, within its 40-minute runtime, I think it's pretty flawless. But thinking back, I've seen every episode twice. Um, thinking back on the her her performance and her writing in the previous four episodes i cannot think of any real hint of this and i i, I feel like a, a a great twist is one where the moment it happens you're like oh my gosh of course it all makes sense and you think back to a dozen different moments where like where you could see it being led up to but you just you just missed it and i don't think there was really any of that um and I think it's both the fault of the writing direction and performance. Uh, and maybe due to the fact that that maybe that twist wasn't even planned. Like this could that entire twist could be um, like if my theory about Andrew Stanton coming in to rewrite these last four two episodes is true, maybe that twist didn't even exist when they shot those episodes. Anyway, I just I just I, just, I don't feel it there. So I I really enjoy it in the context of this episode, but I don't know how well it fits in the whole show. Um, I think I think uh, one way it does, I'll, I'll, and and I, like I said, I'm in the middle of rewatching some of the previous episodes too, but at least one primary way that I think it does is just how single-minded her focus was on getting Kenobi, getting Kenobi, getting Kenobi. It's all she cared about, okay. um, and, well, and so and so. And so why? we find out what well, we find out the reason why is because ultimately uh, she's using him as bait. But she has access to Vader every other day. Vader's the boss of the Inquisitors. Right. But Kenobi, the connection, the, the emotional and but relational she, connection. She that, wasn't planning that. Obi-Wan brought that up. Like she, told, she says, you know, he says, why don't we do this thing? And she, and she tells Obi-Wan, he's going to see it coming. And then Obi-Wan says, no. He's going to be blinded by me, and this is your chance. So that was not her plan. That was Obi-Wan who brought that up. Yeah, um, I think, but did not she say, and I, I've got to go back and watch it again, and I, I, I did, did, did not she say, or wasn't there some, some conversation about how, how she, she was, in fact, I think using she him to draw does, Vader out? I think she says that, but... She's already had multiple scenes with Vader, so it's uh, it, it, it reminds me of like you know uh, uh, the the Joker's plan in the Dark Knight or Lex Luthor and BVS. We're like, I feel like there are about seventeen steps that maybe didn't need to happen. Like, or and I, I I like both those movies. I don't think it's it's just it destroys those movies, but it's like I don't know. It, 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 there doesn't there seems to be a bit of a disconnect between the you know the cause and effect and the uh, return on investment ratio. Um, yeah, I just think that she, uh, to me, and maybe I'm just oversimplifying it. Um, I just think that, and I'm not trying to headcanon it as much as just kind of draw the simplest conclusion possible based upon at least what we know about her and now, uh, and looking back in hindsight that just, she 
she thought that having Obi-Wan and drawing him out would would throw Vader off, you know, off his, you know, off guard and off his game enough. Mm. Um, that, that's that's really the the only uh, I mean, and to me, that makes sense. I think that that's a simple explanation and it and it makes sense. Um, and 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 the reason why she would use him as bait in the first place and not just try to, like, off him in the back to tank, you know, or, you know, or something, something like that, uh, because it's, uh, you know, she wanted to create a scenario that she felt like was um, gave her, you know, gave her an upper hand. Um, clearly, that did not uh, work. And as we know from storytelling in general, that revenge can be extremely blinding. Uh, and I mean, all the good revenge stories uh, that we know, uh, uh, when, when somebody is hell-bent on revenge, they're not exactly thinking, they're not exactly thinking clearly uh, most of the, you know, some of the time, mm. uh, because that's their focus and they're so... Unless you're Vader, apparently. Then and, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah, unless you're Vader, because you're you've you've learned to control your uh, your 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 emotions a bit and be a bit more uh, patient with your your revenge. Um, but she is certainly not that way. Um, and uh, and so I really like what they did. They did with with her and how they, um, you know, whether it was in, whether the twist was intentional or not. I like it. Um, and. Um, uh, and the supporting cast was really just pretty, uh, pretty darn, pretty darn great all, all around. Uh, there's one character that I really liked that, uh, did not make it through this episode. Uh, uh, oh, the, the uh, Tala? Uh, yeah, I liked her. I liked oh, her quite a bit. And, uh, she was the next thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, hello there, Curry. Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about her scene, and she has that scene with uh, Obi Wan Kenobi where she tells him basically her backstory and what caused her to turn from the Empire. I think it's a good scene. Here comes the nitpick. I think it really should have happened before, in the big either at, either in Episode Three or or in Episode Four before they go to attack uh, the Fortress Inquisitorius. Um, just because, like, this is like this is her about her character motivation, who she is as a person. And, and you know that 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 sequence ends with Riva, you know, calling her a traitor. You know, what was it worth it? To, you know, betraying everything you were. And she says, "This is never who I was." I feel like that line would have been so much more impactful if we had had her story and learned who she was. Like, yeah. I I feel like that line that line only really works when you already know the person. So you're like, it's a fist pump moment because you know the truth of it. Um, so like, I feel just that that's again, part of just the weird writing of this, this season is like, there's so many opportunities for powerful moments that they, they just didn't build up to it. And I like that. That was, it's a really good scene, but I just wish it happened sooner sure. in the structure of the series. Um, also the, 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 the scene of her sacrifice in the droid is like, it's, it's really well directed, but again, like, I don't know this droid, this droid's had like one and a half scenes in the show. And like he's, he was cool towards the end, but like again, like that droid should have come with them on their heist to the you know to save Leia. Like that droid should have been there. We should have been you know getting to know him and come coming to love him across that heist. It would have added some spice to that sequence, 
and then you could have that moment the of sacrifice. dramatic yeah. sacrifice. Um, uh, well, it's, it's just like in Rogue One when, you know, K2's death is gut-wrenching, absolutely mm-hmm. gut-wrenching. And it's a robot, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and, but it's, it's, it's really uh, just emotionally strong when K2 sacrifices himself because uh, we've been with him the whole time and he has a personality and he has, uh, you know, something resembling emotions. And, uh, and so, um, I, I, I get that. I get that nitpick there. Um, like in the moment I thought it was really cool and I was like, okay, well she, you know, she really likes this droid. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then I've seen him a couple times and everything. So, and he's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, it would have been neat to kind of, kind of unpack that, you know, because w- one thing that I always love about, you know, Star Wars is, 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 uh, you know, regardless of the story is being told, there's, there's always at least one strong relationship between a, uh, you know, a, a, a human uh, or a humanoid uh, character and a, and a droid, right? There's sometimes there's least, too strong. There, yeah. There's at least, so yeah. Well. Yeah, yeah, there's, 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 uh, there's always one there. And so, uh, and, and, uh, uh, but in this one, there is, uh, and, uh, I I will say that, uh, Leia and is it Lola? Her, uh, I, now her, her her little thing that flies around that, that, uh, actually, you know, there's an, there's an attachment there and, and that starts early on and, and everything. And so there, that, you know, so there's, there's that. I, if, if, if Lola or is it, what, can somebody chime in? I think Lola, Lola sounds right. It's Leia and Lola. Really? Uh, Michael I, I says it's, it is Lola. It a million times. Um, and now I'm just, I'm just totally blanking, but yeah. But if, if Lola got smashed to pieces, I would be sad at this point. And that's just, that just shows that they've, they've actually, you know, built that, you know, built that relationship, you know, a, a bit more. So, well, I'm glad there will be someone to mourn her. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, uh, Curry just said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just assuming Gabe is wrong and Josh is fighting the good fight. Well, if you were yeah. watching, you'd know the opposite would be the case. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so anything how about you like anything else in particular that you really wanted to mention about this episode that stood out to you um <laughs> i actually loved and i am not i when it comes to like using force powers you and i have agreed so many times on like how like when it comes to like force powers we're not like we don't have like this over we don't have like this fan we don't have like this fantasy of like constantly seeing the force being used like um like, you know, any magical power, you know, mm-hmm. when used, um, you know, like, like, for example, um, in, in the last Jedi, we were, we were on the same page, um, uh, and totally against this idea that at the climax of the last Jedi, that, you know, Luke should be like at the culmination of his arc, everything that he's learned at the culmination of his arc, that Luke should be, uh, you know, pulling ships from the sky mm-hmm. and killing Kylo Ren and whatever else some of these, some of these people, you know, wanted Luke to do just cause they had like this, like uh 
power trip fantasy, essentially, for Luke that really did not fit his character at all. Um, and, and really the, doesn't fit the path of the Jedi at all. Uh, uh, with Vader, dude, when, when, that, when that ship starts taking off and he stops it and he pulls it down and rips it apart, dude, I don't care. I loved it. I do not care. Like, like it was for me, it was just, it was Vader in just his raw power and, and anger. And it's not like we haven't seen, you know, I've seen, and I, and I know I'm, I'm admitting this sin again. I have not, I've seen very little of the animated stuff and I'm doing the best I possibly can to catch up but if i if i'm not mistaken there have been some some instances either in like rebels or uh uh the clone wars where ahsoka or vader have you know uh slowed ships down or something like that i don't know i saw i saw something on twitter that made a made a comparison uh between like ahsoka and and vader um uh, doing that, but, but, but all that to say, um, and I may be totally off base on that, you know, Twitter is always true. Everything you see on Twitter is accurate. Right. Uh, all I could think about in that, in that moment was going, well, I mean, theoretically it's possible because, uh, as Yoda has said, size matters not. And there's really no difference between lifting a rock and lifting a ship. Um, it's about how you view it in your mind. And, um, and, uh, so for me, it was just a cool display of Vader's, uh, <laughs> Vader's force ability and using just his rage and desire for revenge and channeling that, um, you know, in that way. And so I, I really liked it. I thought it was cool and I'm not overthinking it. Frankly, me, I'm not overthinking it uh, beyond beyond that, because uh, the the force is kind of. I was reminded when I was watching a video that like, the force is, it's, it's a deus machina. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's it. That's what it is. Now, granted, that needs to be used sparingly, um, and most of the time it is. But um, I just thought it was a really, I just thought it was really badass. I. That's that's really all I got. Well, <laughs> that, so. I'll give you one guess as to what what you think I thought of it. I know you're uh, not a fan. You're not yeah, a fan. Michael said uh, Ahsoka does it in the Clone Wars and Ray does it in, in uh, the Rise of Skywalker uh, before Chewie died for five minutes. Um, yeah, my, for me, like I I think the more overpowered you make your characters, just the less interesting it is, particularly when you're in an action film like. I feel like physical combat is always much more interesting. Like, and just the more overpowered they are, just the, the the more the stakes drop for me. But also, it's just I feel like there have been limits. Like, sure, Yoda says size matters not, and but all throughout the series, it has been shown like the greater the object, the greater the distance, the more effort uh, Jedi puts into moving it. And I feel like there there has to be a limit, and for me the limit is a ma pulling a massive spaceship out of the sky. And you know, there right, are those... it, was, it wasn't even in; it hadn't even left the building, so uh -huh. to speak. Yeah, I mean it hadn't. I mean it was really close to the ground. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, uh, it, and as, I mean, as you said, you it, know, was, it was not to me. It wasn't much of a stretch for Vader to do. Yeah, that. he says Ahsoka does in the Clone Wars and, and Rey in, in 
in Tross. And that is true. And, and I'm already iffy on those. And those were like ships that were five times smaller. And it was really hard. And both of them ultimately failed. Um, so this is being so much bigger and him just kind of without effort, like, and just the way it just kind of just stops. Like there's, there's no like struggle or straining and just ripping the walls off. It's just, it's more, it's, I, I just, it's more than I like to see Jedi in, or the, for, the force being used. So it's like, I just, that's a danger. That's a very dangerous road in my opinion. And it, it can get very silly, very fast. You know, as we saw in like Eddie Tartakovsky's Clone Wars, just, let's, let's show some restraint there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you and I, you and I have always shared similar concerns on that. Uh, for, for this one, uh, I'm, I'm letting it go. Cause I liked it. <laughs> I just, you know, um, and I, and I, I don't think it's too much of a stretch for Vader kind of in his prime, so to speak, uh, to, 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 to do that, you know, and people will say, well, why didn't he do that? You know, now they'll watch the original trilogy or rogue one and they'll go, why, why didn't he do it then? Or in that place? Exactly. In that place. No, 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 but, no, no. By creating like more like, greater power for character for in prequels, you do eventually you're going to run into a wall as far as making it to where the what the original material seems unbelievable. Like you, like we do kind of run into that problem when you're looking at like Obi Wan and Vader's really dorky lightsaber fight um, in the New Hope, but. Uh, it's like you're just creating problems for yourself. I feel like by going constantly trying to up the ante. So like your philosophy is because I know that like for example, like for the most part, like the the newer or expanded force abilities and like the sequels didn't have as much of an issue with that, right? Because that was like after that was like a progression as opposed to like going back before you know um, the originals took. I, I I don't know. I guess I'm interested to see because like I look at the nine films or the nine saga films, the spinoffs, but I've seen it the animated and this, and it's just kind of like the force is all over the place, man. Like it's it's. I mean, the cat's out of the bag, and I'm not and I'm not saying that you can't. I'm not saying that you don't try to keep the cat, you know, copacetic, you know, and like in the bag most of the time, even if it's like scratching to get out. Like I, I, I 100% like am on track with you because we've agreed so many times on like having some restraint on it. Um, but um, ultimately I'm not sure if we're going to find, like we could drive ourselves crazy on the consistency factor, you know, <laughs> uh, to a point where it's just kind of like we're running in circles, right? Uh, sure. when, when it comes to the force and and it's you know and it being used, and I, and I don't think that that's a license to go crazy um, by any means. So don't get me don't get me wrong on that. Um, uh, I guess it's just like for for me, like I think a great example of doing the really badass thing right is Luke in. Um, Mando, where like mm -hmm. he's not doing anything crazy, he's not doing anything we haven't seen before. But what makes that scene special is the direction, the mm -hmm. music, the awe of, and, and the mm -hmm. way it keeps cutting back to the other characters watching. Like, this is what a Jedi is. This is right. incredible. This is the legend. Um, you know? right. And they don't have to do that by upping the ante so high on. Now we're pulling 
you know, cargo ships out of the sky. It's just doing it through filmmaking, doing, I think, with subtlety. Like that, that is, that's how I prefer expanding and, and showing off how far a character is badass. Like Vader did with Reva, just, you know, shortly afterwards. Like the way he's, he's super cool. And, and he's just toying with her. Yeah, he's but it, it, it's, it's done in a way that I feel like isn't, isn't straining at the edges of believability, whatever that means in Star Wars. Again, sure. everyone's going to have their different yeah. level. Whatever it means in a in a in a series about uh, <laughs> space wizards with laser swords, exactly. Uh, that's it's going to be different for for everybody, uh, and I get that concern. Uh, I do, um, and uh, you know, because I, I definitely don't want you know when we see Vader, and I don't think that that's occurred yet. Um, at least for the most part, when we see Vader in the original trilogy, I don't want Vader to feel just totally nerfed, you know, at, at this point, you know, because it's, uh, and, and, and I know that that's a concern that some have had as, you know, I've seen some of those concerns about like, man, if they make him too powerful now, I mean, what's he going to look like in the OT since not a whole lot of time passes between you know, Obi-Wan and I mean, it's less than 10 years, right? Between, between it's less than 10 years. It's nine years. It's, between it's, about that. it's, it's like to nine that, to yeah. 10 years between Obi-Wan and a new hope. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's not that long. I mean, a decade, you know, uh, uh, um, isn't, I mean, it's, it's long enough for me to, um, like, I like that gap. I wouldn't want that gap to be any less. But when it comes to, like, Vader and as we see him portrayed in 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 the originals, I don't see yet a, um, at least not a glaring instance of, oh, well, they've, they've gone so far with Vader's abilities uh, in Obi-Wan that now I'm, now he just seems like a, you know, <laughs> now it just seems like a like a nobody in 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 the in the original trilogy. I don't I don't see that and I don't feel that. Um, you know, obviously you have the, but it's an important discussion to have. Um, um, Michael said, you know, I also think you have to look at Vader in this specific situation. Vader is at the height of his anger towards Obi Wan. His anger right now in this moment, um, he may never reach that anger again later. And um, that's a good point. That's also, fair. just no, just just stop. You just stop. Just don't don't. I like that. <laughs> just, I like that. The, the, the start, of the you know, the, the pulling spaceships out of the sky thing should just not be done in my book. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no pulling spaceships out of the sky for uh, for for Dave. Blue. You know, their their duel in a new new hope is very much a um, you know. Uh, uh, an aging monk-like master against the apprentice, and it's really more a conversation than it is a <laughs> mm. than, than it is a duel, and and um, so that still works. And then you get to Empire, and I was just talking about this with with Michael and Curry actually because I have more than one Star Wars chat, and <laughs> and, uh, and I was just talking about I was thinking about Empire and how like especially for the time like. Uh, but even now when you rewatch it and and you've got Vader and Luke's duel in Empire, just how masterfully well done all of that 
still is uh, for the most part and how like intimidating and powerful uh, Vader is and how he's, again, he's just toying with Luke, you know, that, 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 that whole time really not exerting that much, uh, you know, too much energy um, uh, almost, almost lets his guard down a bit too. Uh, but, but I was thinking about that dual empire and just how Vader is still very much, he's in charge there. He's in charge. He's, he's whooping up on Luke so hard <laughs> and, uh, um, and, and using some new force abilities, by the way, that, 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 that we see in empire. Um, mm. I want to go back just as a side note and like count, like just in the original trilogy alone, like, From from a new hope to return to the end of Return of Jedi, how many Force abilities were added? You know, as we as we went along and we saw for the you know for the first time, uh, you know, because in a New Hope, it's 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 mind tricks and uh, feel the Force, Luke, and the torpedo thing. Mm. You know, but that's you know that's that's about it. And then we get to Empire, and Luke is pulling a lightsaber out of the out, out, you know, out of the snow and Vader's flipping switches and Luke is jumping up super fast. And so is Vader. And, uh, uh, you know, we have the beginnings of kind of like force Skype, you know, between like, uh, you know, Luke and Leia and, um, and, and all those things. So I was just kind of, as we're talking about force abilities and just the saga as a whole and, kind of how, what we're seeing in Obi-Wan it just kind of to me it just kind of opens up some some interesting thoughts of just how like the force has has evolved um just sequentially uh throughout the saga because it's just kind of always built upon itself you yeah. know they always kind of want to show us something new <laughs> you know about it and um it's very much convenience it's very much plot convenience <laughs> uh we know that you know so yeah I just think there should be limits. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. I think our, I agree with you in principle, but not always in uh, uh, practice. But mm. but we both draw the line at Luke in T in in the Last Jedi. We both flatly and passionately reject Luke in the Last Jedi doing what some what some wanted him to 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 do. So we we have that, you know, we have yeah. That. Um. So a couple more things I want to mention. Uh, just uh, I, the Inquisitor's back. He's not only not dead, he doesn't look injured at all, which was a little weird. Like, I think in the timeline of the show that happened, what, one day ago? Right. <laughs> just gonna, uh, but I think this was my favorite performance from our Rupert friend. Um, just mm -hmm. the way he's just this super bitchy, mean girl <laughs> to, to read totally she's like dying. He totally is. Um, that was Even really he funny. Her, he takes her pin. <laughs> Goodbye, That's mine. Grand Thanks. Inquisitor. Yeah, um, boxer. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot uh, of fun. Um, I mean, he must have been. He must have been. You know, apparently his species has two stomachs. So, you know, something. He must just have one now. I don't know. We just don't need our gut. Uh, yeah, or at but, least you don't need two. And then I, I do have again more nitpicks. Surprise, surprise. Um, there, there is a series of conveniences based on incompetence that happens in order for like several things to happen at the end um 
uh, in order for Reva to learn uh, where about Luke at the end of the episode. First, Bail Organa has to make the stupid mistake of calling Obi-Wan for no real reason, just for a kind of a checkup, and then giving all the pertinent information, which he's the he's the he, he uh, runs a spy network. I don't believe this man would be that stupid and that careless. So that's a you know incompetence. I mean, it was an exposition dump. It was. Yeah, that's... but like it only happened to give it to Riva. Then you have the just the incompetence of uh, Kumail Nanjiani. Just oh, I'm gonna drop it. Like again, like it's just it's you're layering the convenience on top of each other. And then the final convenience of, in, in, I mean, uh, convenience of Vader not killing her. Um, we're just. Literally, the Grand Inquisitor just survived the exact same injury, and possibly, I don't know if that flashback is like th- only thematic, but it looks like in that flashback that Anakin literally stabbed Riva as a child in the exact same place. So did <laughs> did he <laughs> fail to kill Riva twice? <laughs> the same, like that's getting well, a bit ridiculous. I, I interpreted I interpreted the flashback as more of um. Just kind uh, of th- th- thematic and kind of that's right, how she's seeing because it herself. Was, it's how she's seeing herself. It's how she. It's it's like it's like PTSD, right? It's that's playing possible. back in her head because then because uh, and and so it's when she gets stabbed by Vader, it's like she was stabbed by Anakin. It's like she's standing mm. there again, watching him come through that door and him doing it to her. And um, that's which how was a, I which was a really it. well put together sequence as well. Uh, and, and you know, because then she does talk about how she hid amongst the dead, mm. the dead bodies. So, um, so Anakin but, stabbing her in the Jedi Temple did not actually happen. But it is just funny to think about. Like, yeah, did that really happen twice? Um, I know, right? Yeah, and, and, and so, like, no, I feel like no. these are these are three different inconveniences, all just to get Riva into that finale, and probably on Tatooine. Just, I mean, our uh, conveniences. So. It's just it's, it's that kind of writing that just, just it's it's working too hard to try to get to an getting to an end without really justifying the story. Just I don't buy that Vader would be careless enough to leave this very dangerous person alive, even if he thinks she's gonna die. No one dies in Star Wars, so he should know better. Including him, like he got his legs cut off and burned alive, and he's fine, so he should know better. Um, that all felt a bit silly. Um. Anything, so, uh, so you thought that in that moment Vader would have just like made sure that the job was done? Yeah, like he's ne- he's never been terribly precious about killing his subordinates. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I guess I just see it more as you know he doesn't think much of her, and uh, uh, granted he doesn't think much as you said doesn't think much of any of his you know his uh, his subordinates, and he typically makes sure that the job is. Uh, is done and and done done right in his mind but um uh uh you know i i don't know mm. <laughs> uh michael said uh, that's how i read it as well i'm assuming that's that's your uh interpretation of the of the uh anakin flashback oh, yeah. so, but can people just not die anymore which i also agree with you enough like so, allow some people to die every now and then this is gonna be a bit ridiculous. Because, yeah, yeah. When you're thinking about like, um, what, what's her Ming Na Wen's character? I forget in a, in Boba Fett. Like it's it does it does it does start to stack up after you've played you know Darth Maul, after you've played that card a few times. You're like, okay, I get it. Let's 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 put that one back in the box for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I 
I mean, I on on that note, like I don't I don't disagree. Like, don't use somebody dying or like a fake death as like a you know, use it every once in a while, but like a fake out death becomes a stacked up one on the other just kind of becomes a story. It kind of becomes yeah. a storytelling crutch. Like, oh, we don't want this character in this next episode because we've got to focus on these other characters, you know? Mm-hmm. So let's like fake death this one, <laughs> and you it, know, and bring, and bring that character back. And it loses all its power because like when she stabs the Grand Inquisitor, everyone's like, yeah, he's not dead. He's fine. Like, so like it, everyone it, knew. Everyone it loses knew. its power after a while. Um, so mo- moving into the finale. So this episode ends with a hyperdrive failing, Reva finding Bale's message. Where yeah. do we think the finale is going to go? Like, there's a lot of ground to cover. And <laughs> if it follows tradition, this thing's going to be at most an hour long. What do you, what do you think that, what do you think is going to be the story I, of the next one? I mean, I am, I've enjoyed the series. I've gotten a lot out of it. Um, and, uh, but I think that, that the, 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 the length and, and pacing and payoff in this episode is a, a lot hinges, a lot hinges on this last episode. And in some series, you know, some, uh, in, in, in some series, you know, everything is so extremely strong all the way through that if you have, you know, a finale that's good, but not like phenomenal, it's, there wasn't quite as much hinging on the finale in the first place, right? Mm. With this, um, even though I think the series has been good, um, I think that there's a lot I think there's a lot hinging on the last episode in order to like properly wrap and pay off, right? Like it's there's a, there's a pretty heavy burden <laughs> that this episode <laughs> has. That's the point I'm getting at, and it may be kind of it may be kind of like an outsized burden, you know, that this episode has. Um, and and so you know if it's if it's only like thirty to forty five minutes, I don't know how I don't know how it wraps properly. Um, I I just don't know. And I'm, and my approach is always, you know, let it tell me what it wants to tell me and let me think about it and then kind of like fully judge it or determine what I think about it in like hindsight, once I have all the pieces together and, um, and I can look at them as a whole. And so that's, that's how I've approached this this whole show and and um but uh i have no idea where it's gonna go (laughs) yeah none and frankly it would be like exhausting to like try to think of all the different like like possibilities that you know uh uh but but i i do think that we're going to get i do think we're gonna get a you know I do think we're going to get a duel, a do du- an actual duel um, between Vader and Obi Wan, uh, yeah, like a real I, one. I, so. I feel like traditional wisdom would have said, "Kill off Reva in this episode, make the finale about Anakin and Obi Wan," because they've still got they've still got to figure out they still have to resolve this story. But now you've got Reva going to Tatooine and mm-hmm. Vader pursuing Obi Wan. And Obi-Wan clearly he can't lead Vader back to Tatooine. Like that would be a disaster. It's like 
I don't see how these stories are going to connect again. I feel it's it's right. an interesting place that left. Yeah, his he can't leave Vader back to Tatooine. That would be that would be uh, even I would be like, I mean, gay. I mean, you know how my approach has been. If, <laughs> if Vader ends up on Tatooine, I'm going to kind of be like, he joined us in the dark side. This is probably not. That was not a good idea. <laughs> that was just no, no, just. Keep him as far away from Tatooine as possible. Uh, uh, you know, um, yeah. I totally get that Vader has been searching for him all this time. Um, uh, I, I like that aspect of it, but but we need to keep we need to keep Vader away from Tatooine at all, <laughs> at all costs. I think. So. All right. Um, so yeah, like before at, at the end of Episode Four, I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to keep. Like after I watch, I'm gonna keep watching the show. But after that, I don't know that I'm gonna keep this in my head. Can like when I do rewatch sure. it in the future, I don't know if this show is worth it to keep it in. I'm still, I'm still not sure. But like this show, this episode definitely brought up my. It definitely brought up the show's value a little bit for mm-hmm. me. And Andrew Stanton, you know, he also wrote on the the finale. And if you know, if he can bring his usual level of just you know dramatic prowess, like. It's it's possible he can bring the show around for me to where I can th- you know find find some enough value to 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 put up with what I see as its uh its um kind of glaring uh issues. Uh, yeah, Michael was, said, uh, yeah. uh, Josh, I was just typing that he's not concerned with her. Well, to that I say, look, he wasn't concerned with Admiral Ozel or Captain Nita, but he still killed them. <laughs> like um, and, and apology accepted. Okay. Like he, yeah. he, like he, a lack um, of concern has never stopped Vader from killing someone. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, he also said, uh, "I agree, Vader can't. He can't lead Vader uh, to Tatooine." Um, yeah, that would so, be that would be a step too far. That would be for sure a step too far. All right. Um, so, uh, a final thoughts on this episode before we close out? Uh, just had a great time with it. Um, I thought it it, it brought um, it brought the whole series up. Um, a series that I've enjoyed, but it brought the whole whole series up in, in multiple ways. Um, uh, I think the emotions hit where they were supposed to. Um, I thought the writing was pretty strong. Um, the acting um, and all the technical pieces came together to make really interesting um, episode. Um, and so I don't, again, I don't know where everything is going to go. Um, as you mentioned, there are a few different directions uh, that that we're going to see, and possibly, and we just hope that there's enough time to, you know, to give all of those, um, you know, to give all those justice. I I, I guess it was fake, but it, there was there was something rolling around about the finale being an hour and a half long, and I I, I can't imagine I hope that. So. It would, I mean. I would be totally cool with it being the length of a short movie. I would be fine with that. Mm. That would be that would be a okay with me. I think an hour and a half would be would be I plenty mean, of time. So. I think it kind of needs it. To be I honest, mean, I, I mean, I I I would agree at this point that it that it needs. You know, it can't just be a can't just be a twenty eight minute you know pop. You know, like like uh it's gonna need some otherwise i think there i think there are gonna be and probably for good reason i think there's gonna be some legitimate disappointment with um you know with it just kind of feeling rushed 
Um, I actually think that I, I don't know if, and again, the finale is going to length of the finale, how all the payoff occurs, how it's told, it's going to, going to make all the difference. But, um, I saw a comment from Michael on, on Twitter talking about how, um, you know, eight, eight plus episodes seems to be more of a sweet spot than like yeah. this six episode Absolutely. format. Um, it's, it's a little, it's a little too quick. That's also um, really been hurting the MCU shows. It's, it's, it's a little too quick for the amount of story you're trying to, to take on. It's like, um, butter scraped over too much bread. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or, too, or too, too, too much butter too for a, the bread. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, too little, but is it too, is it? He's, it was th thin like butter Gosh. scraped over too much bread. Yeah, yes, there yes. we go. Gosh, man. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of another franchise. Um, but uh, I do want to say before we head out, though, that I'm already thinking about Andor. And I've rewatched that. episodes. Uh, dude, I mean, just uh, heck yes. And and I've rewatched that teaser. I don't know how many times at this point because it's, it's a work of art. That teaser is a work of art. Um, and I'm just, I, uh, <laughs> we'll see, man, but I'm already thinking about the next, you know, the next series and, um, you know, I'm really excited about it, but we'll see how this all lands and hopefully it does in a, in a satisfactory way. And, um, and we'll go from there. Mm -hmm. So, uh, lastly, Michael said, uh, can we have a show where Andrew Stanton writes the entire show or better yet a movie? And to that, I say, absolutely better yet. Let's have every single Star Wars script from now on. Just run it by the Pixar Brain Trust. Let them, you know, poke I, at it, make some changes, then go make it. Like that I, should be just the process from now on. I would. I, I think that that is a really wise. That's really wise to. Yeah, him and Tony Gilroy, I guess. You know, uh, and throw Ryan Johnson in there just because I always make sure that I mention <laughs> him or the Last Jedi in like every stream. I you know, stream I do at least once. It's kind I of like a rule. Idea. It's kind of a rule that I have. Um, so anyway, but I, I enjoyed it. I'm, uh, enjoyed coming on. So, all right. So, um, before we head out, I just want to ask you guys, uh, if you enjoyed this to please, uh, head over and follow us on Twitter at, at, at the outer rim SW on Facebook at, uh, the outer rim, a star Wars group, join us there. And then YouTube, Subscribe to the Outer Rim, a Star Wars channel. We very much appreciate that. Um, and you can talk to us both either in um, the Outer Rim, a Star Wars group or a certain point of view group as well. Woo. All right. Um, so until next week, I, we will see you in uh, episode six.